hello and uh, welcome to the third of season three uh, episode um, of Mr. Burgess Mass podcast. Um, great to have you with us. Um, it's so good to suddenly sit down. It's Thursday night and uh, it's time to uh, record the next pod. So um, here we are. We're sat down, uh, ready to talk a bit of maths and uh, just how things are all going. So hope everyone is doing all right. We're all back and uh, enjoying being back at school. Um, and I have to say, I'm starting to get a bit tired now. Suddenly, you realise that um, time's moving on and we're getting through the half term. And uh, we've had a week back already. And uh, yeah, we're starting to get a bit tired. I got home last night, I was quite tired. And trying to wake up this morning. It's starting to get dark in the mornings. And I'm like, oh, come on. Come on, I can do this. I can get out of bed in the morning. But then the sunshine has just been glorious. So it's just like, it's great in an evening. I'm like, I'm loving it in an evening. So I went out for a walk last night just really nice and just chilled out and uh watching a bit of cricket as well uh, last uh men's international match of the summer in england so that was really nice and uh but just trying to get through different things so i've refilled the hot tub um so i've managed to do that although i did have a bit of disaster with that so uh was uh, emptying it like needed a refill and uh managed to put the valve to, to undo the uh so to empty the hot tub there we go and that's what i'm talking about um so to be able to uh, just empty the hot tub you need like a special valve for it and uh did all that lovely easy enough and then just started refilling it and uh got about three quarts full and uh you know thought oh brilliant this is good i'm doing well tonight like this is great i'm gonna be able to get in it tomorrow and then uh suddenly it was like hang on a minute where's that valve and I uh, realised it's sat underneath the hot tub with about a ton of water in. So I had to try and lift a hot tub with, yeah, a ton of water. So I had to let a load of water out and then try it again. It was a bit of a disaster. It was, all went wrong. All went wrong. But, you know, perseverance and all that. You keep going, keep going. And I uh, got there. But uh, what else have I done um, this week? So it's been, you know, a nice weekend. So I went out for a walk along the Thames. So the next bit of my uh, week, uh, challenge this year is to walk the whole length of the Thames. And uh, so I did a big long walk on Saturday uh, going from Richmond to Putney Bridge. If you've ever been along that bit, or you'll know it because it's the bit that the boat race races along. Or, well, half of that is bit that the boat race boat race races along oxford and cambridge so and i realized quite how far they row it's it's miles like it takes ages <laughs> just walking around this bend going come on like they row this like it should be easy to walk this it just goes on and on and on and on and you're like oh, flipping egg where's where where's the finish line like but hey ho i did it so next one though this weekend i've got coming up i've got a big long walk coming up so gotta go all the way through central london so Putney Bridge, I'm aiming to try and finish at Tower Bridge, or might, if I'm feeling all right, go all the way to Greenwich, which is the end of the Thames Path, in which case I've got all the way to the end part, which means I've done probably half, because I'm about halfway going back the other way. So that was quite an exciting point in my life. I've, I know that lockdown is, you know, changing excitement levels. Um, but, you know, to get about halfway, I'm like, I'll be quite pleased with that. Um, it's a flipping big river. So um, bring it on is what I'm going to say. So, uh, yeah, that's been my weekend. Um, it sounds really exciting. Not. Um, but slowly, bit by bit, life is turning a bit to normal, isn't it? So we're starting to get back into things of just going out and doing things. But it's really not fully back, is it? But school is. So that's good. And we're getting used to it. And we're getting used to... Um, 
or I'm starting to get used to having to travel um, round and round and round and round and round. feels like I'm going round and round and round in circles, um, which is great. And I'm starting to see, you know, different rooms and getting used to like my little trolley that I have to wheel around. Um, I managed to get this week a big exciting thing is I managed to get a cup holder for my little trolley. So I can now carry my uh, coffee around um, in my little trolley so I look even weirder than I did before. Um, but it's great. So I, mean, I can just yeah wheel it all around. Off I go and uh, see what happens with it each day. It's a, a bizarre experience, but I'm, start, well, I'm starting to get used to it. I'm getting used to it quite well. So um, one of the things I've been teaching this week, and if you're in my year 10 class, then you will know this, um, but uh, the rest of you probably you know, don't know that I've been teaching this this week, um, it's been uh, quadratics. So if you're in year 10, some of you will be learning about quadratics and about solving quadratic equations. And it got me thinking, like, what? and um, what someone asked a really good, great question, I think it was Seb, so uh, shout out Seb. Um, so uh, they asked a really good question about, well, where on earth does this formula, the quadratic formula, where on earth does it come from? And not just where you know how do you derive it because we did that in the lesson um and it's easy enough for guys just go out and complete the square um but where does it come from where on earth invented all this um so i thought well do you know what that make a really good pod so here we are we're going to talk about quadratics um so if you don't know what quadratic is so a quadratic is any equation where you've got something like x squared in it but that's the highest power of x so something like x squared plus 3x plus 2 equals 0 and can you try and solve that now in maths there's loads of different ways of being able to solve it and it started off with um really quite ancient kind of bits of maths um that started trying to solve this so we're talking about uh, 2000 bc so uh, babylonians uh, started trying to solve um the areas and si- uh, areas and sides of rectangles which is where kind of quadratics come from because obviously we've got squares involved and it got a bit more so it tends to end up being a rectangle so this uh kind of they created like an algorithm not one of those mutant ones from Boris, but uh, um, uh, an algorithm to try and work out the size of these ones. So they ended up with lots of different things that, in effect, formed what's the quadratic formula today. And they started to find some of this notation that we would use now. They kind of worked through. And so in modern notation, it looks very familiar. But in kind of their kind of language and what they were drawing on clay tablets, uh, it wouldn't look familiar at all. But these kind of things just slowly built across, and it all started really through geometry. So not only the Babylonians were working on uh, quadratic equations uh, using uh, geometry, so drawings, um, but the Egyptians were, the Greeks were, the Chinese were, the Indians were. um, There's loads of different things. So even right back for the Egyptians, so in the Berlin Papyrus, um, which was about... 2000 BC to about 1500 BC, those kind of times, um, they were starting to do some two-term quadratic equations and be able to find the solutions to them. Um, And even kind of Chinese mathematicians around 200 BC were using um, dissections to solve quadratics um, with uh, square roots and positive square roots. And they even worked out a some rules for quadratic equations and it's given in a thing called the nine chapters on of the, on the mathematical art which was uh the equivalent chinese book of euclid's elements which you know i love euclid's elements and guess what 
Euclid's elements. It did feature in Euclid's elements solving a quadratic. So um, Greek mathematics kind of worked through it um, and they just kind of solved some of them. Um, and a, even Pythagoras did a geometric approach to solving it. Um, and they found kind of just really kind of step by step ways of solving it, but no kind of real algebra like we do now and no kind of uh, numbers that were difficult. But everything was kind of easier numbers. It was or not easy numbers, but they were limited in what they could solve. Uh, and a Greek mathematician called Di- uh, Diophantus uh, solved a uh, quadratic equation by finding one root, because obviously positive roots were after, didn't really include the negative root, which now we know exists. Um, and so it took um, until uh, Brahmagupta, um, who we've spoken about on the pod before, uh, who was an Indian mathematician, so in about... Uh, 628 AD, uh, he worked out a solution to the quadratic equation of ax squared plus bx equals c. And but he only found the positive root. And this was the first time that we've got a coefficient in front of the x squared. And this kind of started to revolutionize kind of the way of solving quadratics. Now this then started to cause all sorts of things, and it took a long time for things to work through. So we go through uh, Persian mathematicians, we go through um, Jewish mathematicians, Islamic mathematicians. This does not know any kind of boundaries uh, in terms of faith, in terms of uh, language, in terms of um, heritage. Kind of every kind of sets of mathematicians have studied quadratic formulae and quadratic formula and solving quadratics because they're so fundamental to kind of where how maths can work further on and so it was actually uh, a chinese mathematician who started to work out with negative coefficients so a guy called yang hu and i've probably massacred his name yang hui i don't know I'm really sorry. Um, and uh, one call, and he quoted uh, some work by Lu, uh, Lu Yi. Um, uh, but in terms of European mathematicians, um, it was actually a guy called uh, Gerolamo Cardano uh, in 1545 who kind of brought together all the knowledge and work of quadratic equations. And they started to work, therefore, that knowledge, bringing that knowledge together, kind of then meant that a guy called, a mathematician called Simon Steven, who was Flemish, so which is in modern day Belgium, Netherlands, that kind of area. Um, so uh, he kind of came up with, in 1594, the quadratic formula, which we know and love. And but it wasn't written as we do today, which uh, is the minus b plus or minus the square root of b squared. Blah, 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 blah. Um, but actually, he um, started to come up with it, and it was actually one of the most famous mathematicians that we have ever come across in this pod, a guy called Rene Descartes in 1637, who came up in his La Geometrie, uh, his amazing book on geometry, uh, who came up with the exact form of the quadratic formula that we know today. Now, why is that, though, that quadratics are really important? Well, there's loads of different things that we can do with them. So if you want to uh, solve in a circle, they're actually just quadratic equations and two variables. So and other uh, conic sections, so ellipses, parabolas, hyperbolas. So anything you can make of a cone, we can start to solve using quadratic equations. And even things that, and I didn't know this until a bit of research, um, 
the golden ratio. So how um, things work um, in terms of make look beautiful, um, kind of the ratio between, say, parts of your face or how you the ratio of even A4 is done in the golden ratio. Now, I never knew that that comes and you can do it through the quadratic equation. Because actually, if you take the uh, quadratic x squared minus x minus 1 equals 0, then actually the solutions to that, the positive solution, is the golden ratio. Which is amazing that kind of it works so neatly, actually, because it's not a nice number, the golden ratio. But something so simple as x squared minus x minus 1 equals 0 produces the golden ratio. Um, but there's also things like trying to find square roots when you've got a square root of another expression, um, Descartes' theorem. Um, there's loads of things where we end up trying to have to solve a quadratic equation. So even just like, you know, jumping off of paths, um, anything that looks like a parabola ends up having to be solved using a quadratic. Now, of course, there's several different ways of solving a quadratic, and they can all look very different as well. So um, if you are in lessons, you will probably learn about um, being able to factorise it, uh, completing the square, which is an algorithm that produces it in a slightly different way, which means you can get more depth of knowledge from it. And um, the quadratic formula, who was done by eventually Descartes, um, but Steven. And you can also get, um, so just look at it on a graph, um, that kind of works if you've got some nice numbers, or some not nice numbers and you've got a really fancy computer, um, then it will produce something. But the problem with all these things is we get to a point where it can only be solved certain quadratics. So there's a thing inside of the quadratic formula. So if you know your quadratic formula, it says minus b plus or minus the square root of b squared minus 4ac, all divided by 2a. And it's the discriminant, which is the b squared minus 4ac part, that's really important. And why is that important? Well, actually, when we're square rooting something, we can, can't square root something if it's negative. Or can we? That's a big one. Um, so if we square root something and we get two answers, so if we get a sad or any kind of number really, uh, sorry, any positive number, and you get two positive numbers, then you get two real solutions. And that means that it crosses the x-axis in two places, basically. That's that what it means. Um, but if you get one, then it means you've got a repeated root. And it just touches, it just skims the uh, x-axis. But more importantly, what happens if you get no... The, the discriminant is below zero. So you can't then square root a negative, can we? And it means that we end up with zero real roots the thing is though you can get roots for these things but we just have to start to be a bit more imaginative and that's where complex numbers come in and, and so you need to get like a what's called a complex uh, root and you get two complex roots uh, and they have a real part and they have an imaginary part i know imaginary well, i mean it's hard enough to work to try and you know think about say infinity which is a real number and then you've got like numbers that are not real which just makes it really hard work to try and get your head around kind of non-real numbers kind of imaginary numbers so those just mind-blowing but in some ways they're kind of easy enough to work out because they are these kind of roots to a 
quadratic that hasn't got roots otherwise. And so the imaginary number, i, is the square root of negative 1. And so we get multiples of those square roots. And that's why we can then solve a quadratic that's got a negative discriminant. Because if we've got a negative in the square root in the formula, we can then start to work it out and work out some imaginary values for it. And there we go. And there's a kind of brief very brief history of uh, the quadratic equation and it's really really powerful um, but we can also take it further so we don't just solve quadratics but we also solve cubics and we also solve uh, quartics and quintics and this leads to a whole different thing called Galois theory and Galois theory kind of starts to be able to solve some of these more pow uh, higher powered um, equations so powers being the important bit not that they're more powerful than others they are more powerful oh, it's weird maths and um, so uh, they start to work out kind of different parts so you got to start to be able to get a cubic equation now however the cubic equation is a ridiculously long and ridiculously complicated that mathematicians don't really use it and we don't know it off by heart and we don't I don't know it off by heart. Like, I do like the quadratic. I know the quadratic off by heart and have done for, you know, a long time. I'm that old. But actually, like the cubic equation, we never learn off by heart. But we do it by different methods instead. And you do it things like algebraic long division and the factor theorem. And we search for roots rather than just plugging it into a formula. And that's why the quadratic formula feels really unique. And it's not unique at all. But it feels unique because it's so well used compared to its compatriots of cubics and quartics. Um, even though those ones are perfectly reasonable. They're just the black sheep of the family, really. Right, there we go. Uh, just a few bits there just to think about in terms of that. So uh, it's all great. Right, a few shout outs. Uh, Jessica, I know you were listening last week, so uh, well done to you. Big shout out to you. Um, and a few others of you that were sh uh, listening, so uh, well done to you. Um, uh, so if you want a shout out, you better get in touch, uh, speak to me, let me know you're listening, and then uh, I'll make sure I give you a little bit of a shout-out. Um, hope you have an amazing weekend, uh, whatever you're up to, hope you enjoyed this, and uh, we'll catch up over this podcast very, very soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>